When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come on, you yellows Flying high below this Wembley archway sky today Welcome to the original, the Talker United Yellow Army podcast brought to you each week by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes of the Herald Express and Devon Live. We'll talk you through the latest news from Plainmore, we'll chat to the people making the news around the club. You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, on Spotify and on iTunes. Welcome to another Yellow Army podcast, Richard. We're um, we're a town apart. We're, uh, we're this is like COVID again. We're down the end of the of the line. Down the end of the line is our radio. And the end of the line. It's, it's like walking all over again. Mm. That's why we're down the line, guy. What? That's why I'm in the line. You sure? And um, so that's a very very important serious for me work. And uh, yeah. So I asked my mum if I could borrow a car, and she's having her nails done. <laughs> These things are important. These things are very <laughs> they, important. They are. Just they are. No, I'm, not, I'm being unkind. They are important. Um, so I, I've missed the press conference. You've been to the press conference. You're doing I a lot of moving, guy. Right. You've moved from, from one table to another. Look. Well, I had to go and let a very wet cat in. <laughs> such are the joys of uh, podcasting. From I've been to the press conference. Uh, I have to ask you, first of all, where are the dogs today? Because they're, they're, uh, they're both comments. still in bed at the moment. Okay. It is, what, what time I, I, is it? 10.28 and they're both still in bed. One of our regular listeners who likes to fall asleep while listening to the podcast was unable to do so last week because of the barking dogs. Oh dear. And he did let me know that um, the dog's barking had kept him awake. Oh dear. So, uh, Sorry, Hayden. The dogs uh, it's a horrible no, I, day. I take there it was it was, only, Hayden. It was, Hayden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's only two weeks to the solstice, Richard. Two more weeks and we get to the shortest day and we start climbing back up towards the end of the season. Um, so, there we go. Yeah, I've been to the uh, been to the press conference this morning. It wasn't Gary this morning. Gary was making phone calls. Gary was had it, important was he injured? Uh, no, I don't think so. It may have been the fact that so many players are injured that's got him on the phone. That, that usually he is on the phone during these periods rather than doing the press conference. It's happened before. Yeah, it's uh, it, he was um, he was busy. He was on the phone. So Aaron Downs takes the press conference yeah. today. Um, you hear the usual voices. You hear Ian. You hear uh, Alan from the BBC, and you hear me. But uh, you also hear Aaron Downs. So let's uh, let's get over to the press conference, and we'll be back on the other side of Aaron Downs. So Aaron, off the back of two consecutive victories now, or three consecutive victories, that's three out of the last four uh, win. Is there, would you say now, after the performances on, on Saturday when we dug in, got the result, or Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, um, was more in control, but still had to dig in at stage. Would you say there's a, a real steeliness about the team in, in all positions? I think so. You, you're never going to win 5 nil every week. Uh, there's going to be uh, moments that you have to weather. Uh, weather, funnily enough. 
um, that you have to weather those storms and uh, and teams are going to have moments of course they are you know because you know each team's got strengths and weaknesses and it's um, making sure that we can navigate those uh, strengths of the oppositions but they're going to come out at times uh, and it's a defender's job to defend at times but it does show a togetherness a collectiveness and that shows a a unity in this squad that they're willing to work hard uh, and, and roll their sleeves up when the when the moments aren't going our way necessarily. Um, but it's important that we make sure that we try and uh, have more opportunities and more um, moments, shall I say, uh, for us, so that um, that we don't have to weather too many um, storms. Uh, but it does show a, um, a resilience that maybe we've <coughs> we've not shown as much in the last sort of few months that we, we would have liked and uh, we are conscious that we're, we've got an attacking threat, we've got uh, you know goals in us um, but we also have through no real fault there's, there's, there's work beyond the scenes going on as far as trying to identify ways to keep more clean sheets. You know Mark's been fantastic in goal and I think each individual defenders uh, had a good season um, so and you don't keep clean sheets as one individual, it's, it is a unit, it's, it's a defensive unit, it's a midfield unit and it's, a, it's a attackers starting that defending and then um, as a whole. So it's pleasing to uh, to see us winning games um, but we are still, you know, you ask Mark, he would like a lot more clean sheets um, and as I said that's not down to him um, and Reese um, for that matter. So it's important that we identify these these areas that we can improve on, which we are doing. And talking of defence, Archie Harris has, has come in the last two games, played really, really well. And of course, Tuesday night, a debut for, for Callum Thomas came in and, and looked really comfortable in that background. I'm assuming having an experience of the Moxie next to him would have, would have really helped him on uh, Tuesday night. <clears throat> yeah, so first of all, with, with Archie, he's been fantastic uh, since he's been in. You know, it was um, a real find um, from uh, uh, Pete. Um, I had a recruitment. It was a real fine from him, uh, you know. So he's, uh, he's he's done really well, you know. For for his age, he's he's got a real maturity to his game, a real confidence that we that we like, and uh, so he's settled in really well. And uh, you know, we, we had to sort of bet him in with a few sort of sub appearances, but the last three games he started and played, and um, we knew there was um, he had to get up to speed with match fitness, um, and he's done that now, and he looks. A real good player, um, and we're really happy with him. So it's great to have him in, and it helps him that he's got someone like Dean Moxie alongside him. Uh, you know, and Moxie's, Mox and uh, and Olive look like a solid partnership, and even Ross has done well at right back, uh, you know, all right side of a three when he's when he's played. So <clears throat> it's looking a settled sort of unit at the minute, which is which is really good to see. And then what a great story for for, for Callum. You know, we've been we've been doing a lot of work. Um, as a football club with Callum over the last two or three years um, but this season he's done a lot of work with the first team and it is a big step from the 18s um, up to the first team but he's handled it really well uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders he's um, he's calm and collected uh, we needed to we needed to work on elements of his game and that's why we've kept him in the building and we've put a lot of work into him with regards to his, his game and getting up to speed and um, and that's come to fruition for him and he, he came on and looked, played above his 18 years of age that's for sure uh, and it was really pleasing to see how he handled the, the situation because 
he could have been overawed, but um, I think the sort of spontaneity of it, he just got on with it, and that's great to see. So uh, it's work that he's been putting in, and he deserves it. It's it's not something that's not warranted, um, you know. And it's great to see that from a football club. It's great to see that uh, it's a success story that he's he's um, been at the club for quite a long time. He's very his family's involved. He's his brother's a coach in our academy. His, his other, his younger brother's a player in the academy. So, the you know he's got real good links with the football club and local lad from Brixham. So it's it's great to see. It's you know the community sort of um, club that we um, that we've got is is shown in true effect on Tuesday night. Now with the joy of victories, obviously comes the other side of it. More injuries picked up on on Tuesday night. Any updates on those for us? Yeah, uh, it's important that we. Um, identify the squad and how well we've handled the, uh, these injuries that we've picked up because we've won three in a row, um, we've won five or seven uh, and we've been missing, you could say, key players. Um, but the players that have you know, been playing week in, week out and the lads who have had to come in, um, it just goes to show the mentality of the squad. So that's really pleasing to see. and, and the work that when you're not playing, the work that you have to put in and the mindset and the mental um, um, aspect of the game has been really strong from the boys. So it's great character shown that when you're not playing, that when you do come in, you're able to go and take on that, um, um, that chance that, you, that you're given. So really pleasing to see um, people like Dylan Crow. You know, it's, it's fantastic to see you know, he's been out on loan and done different things, but the mindset of him has been, been fantastic. An update uh, is that um, the obvious one is, is Stobsey. Um, yet to be um, confirmed through imagery, um, i.e. scan, but we, we feel it, it's not a, a short-term one. I haven't put it that way. So he will definitely be out for the, for the weekend um, and, and for the foreseeable um, short-term future. But we'll assess them, we'll, we'll update people when, when we know more. Uh, with regards to, to lap, laps was a kick. Um, he caught two kicks. Um, in the same spot, so it just it limited his ability to, to, to run at that moment. But because it is just a kick, it's an impact one. Um, we feel it's not not too serious. So we'll have to assess him today and see where he's at. But um, it's not a serious one. Um, Brad's is a similar. Uh, you know, we got landed on, um, so an impact injury, and again needs to be assessed to see where Brad is. Uh, so. We uh, have sort of relative good news with regards to um, the next week or so. There's a couple that are they're very close, uh, that are training out on the pitch. So getting close to coming back, um, people like Finn, um, people like Dan Martin. Um, so they're, they're, uh, they're not too far away now. So that's, that's good news for them. Uh, so it's again, it's another one where we uh, have to assess, um, as they say, the walking wounded and see where we're at come Saturday. But, um, it's a game that we're looking forward to, and um, uh, you know I played in the semi-final with with Torquay as a, 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 the trophy. So it's a good competition, and it's something that can, as the further it goes on, the more excited you can get. So it's something we want to we, we want to stay in. Yeah, of course, break from the league this weekend. Trophy action, third round trip to Froome. Um, bit of an unknown quantity. I know that you guys obviously have the the videos and stuff like that, but uh, more of an unknown quantity than than others have been. Not really. I, I watched them last Friday night at, um, at Bishop's Cleave. It was one that's quite close to me. So, you know, on a Friday night, I went up there and watched them and uh, they're a good side. They're a good footballing side. They want to play. Uh, you know, it was a, an Asher turf that I watched them on. But 
Um, they do try and you know play out, play through the thirds, and try and um, have that sort of possession-based sort of start. So uh, uh, they're doing well in their division. Uh, they're doing very well in the league, so they're right at the top with games in hand. So if they win their games in hand, I believe they can be top. So they're they're, they're a good side and doing well in good form. So. Absolutely not going to be a, an easy game, especially going away from home. Uh, the the amount of rain that we've had, you know, we've got one of the best pitches um, in the league, if not the best pitch in the league, and ours was heavy. Um, so it's you know, fantastic what what Julian and his team's doing with regards to keeping our games on because there's a lot falling foul of the of the weather. So it's, if the game is on on Saturday, then it is going to be a heavy, just through not through their fault, through just circumstance. So we do know that. Um, We've got to play the conditions. We've got to, um, you know, go to uh, a, a game that they'll be desperate to win, and they've they've knocked out a really good team in Worthing in the previous round. So we are aware of their threats um, and also their weaknesses, and it's, uh, it's our opportunity to exploit that and try and get through to the next round because it's something we want to we want to stay in. Um, Aaron. Uh Obviously, you and Gary try and influence things from the uh, from the sidelines. Have you ever known a situation where the last two games, you know, all your changes have been enforced, haven't they? You've not been able to make any tactical changes at all with personnel. Generally, that's true. Yeah, um, it's you, you know you try and influence uh, uh, um, the way the players perform to a degree. Once they're out there, you know they've got a lot of responsibility to take on themselves. Uh, but what we do work on in training is is being adaptable, um, players thinking in the game, uh, so they can adapt to situations that occur, i.e. whether it's injury, whether it's tactical. An opposition uh, are trying to win the game as much as we're trying to win the game. You know, So you have to be um, uh, flexible in, in how you play and, and the, the better players understand if an opposition has changed shape or that where, where, there's a, where there was a weakness that maybe that manager's counteracted and then they've got to adapt and try and find another weakness somewhere and we can help them identify that but uh, you know the better players pick that up quickly um, so we do coach that we do coach adaptability in our squad so that's why it's easier I suppose to transition defend uh, uh, injuries into a uh, into a team where you might have to have somebody who's a little bit more flexible i.e. Lewis Collins has played like three three positions in three games uh, equally is, is, is good because um, that versatility and that adaptability that we, we try and have in our squad is going to be key for us for these reasons. You know, you, you can't have people pigeonholed in one position and that's it, that's them done. You know, some are like that, but you know, you try and have that flexibility so you're able to be adaptable in the game. Uh, so it is frustrating, it's difficult. Some uh, are avoidable. Um, we, we try as much as possible to make sure muscular injuries are, are avoidable, um, but impact ones are very hard to uh, to deal with, and we've had a lot of impact injuries recently. Uh, you think of Acer, you think of um, you think of Laps, you think of uh, Brad Ash just there, you think of Aaron Jarvis. They're all impact injuries that are unavoidable. You can't avoid that. It's just um, football. So uh, yeah, frustrating, but. We know with the rough, we'll eventually come the smooth and it'll be great to get all them boys back and if we can keep uh, winning these games that we have done the three in a row and the five in seven, um, then when we do get a fully fit squad, it's going to be difficult for us to pick, but you'd rather them headaches, that's for sure.
Absolutely. Uh, I think Eric told us after the match that uh, Dylan De Silva wouldn't, was on the bench but actually wasn't really able to play. Um, is he back in contention for Saturday? Where is he with his injuries? Uh, similar position being on a Thursday morning uh, where he's uh, being assessed again. It's one that's um, with deals. It's one that um, has, flares up every now and then and then comes away as quick as it goes. So it's it, uh, quick as it comes, sorry. So he could wake up tomorrow and go, I'm fine, I'm flying, like he did last week. And you know, and, he, and he's fine, goes and scores and has a great game and does well. And then it, it comes on quite quickly again. So it's one of them that's manageable. Um, we've got to manage for the short term um, because it will, it's one that will eventually just go away once he gets a little bit more strength in it and we have to manage his minutes that's just how it is and it's very difficult to manage somebody's minutes when you're limited with the squad you've got but um, he is one that's not serious in any way shape or form and um, uh, if I'm 100% honest I couldn't tell if he's going to play Saturday or not <laughs> um, he's, he's, that's me being, being truthful he's, he's, he's not a million miles away that's for sure uh, but whether he's going to start or not I'm not sure uh, and obviously with Froome um, and the FA Trophy, I'm guessing that probably if there's anybody that's sort of 50-50, you're not going to want to risk them against Froome if, bear in mind, the league is the bread and butter. Yeah, we, uh, uh, it'd be nice to have that. I don't want to harp on about injuries because the, the squad, that, the team that we're going to put out is, is, is going to be good. You know, it's going to be a good side. Um, but it gives us an opportunity to, uh, well... I wouldn't, in, in normal circumstances, it would be an opportunity to manage the squad, uh, but we don't have that. You know, if, you, if you're fit, guys, bring your boots. Um, but no, it's, uh, it is an opportunity to, you know, especially one or two, will have to uh, um, be managed the right way. Um, that's for sure, whether that's start and reduced minutes or whether that's um, give them a little bit of a rest and bring them on. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we'll, like I say, whatever, whatever happens, we know that we're going to be able to put a, a squad out that's, that's capable of winning the game. Uh, are you on the lookout for any more loans at the moment? Yeah, always. Um, we're in, you know, constant um, dialogue with, with with other clubs and and people. But we're also mindful that there's two or three. It's a tricky one to get right because there's two or three that are really close um, that, to coming back. So it's a case of what you don't want to do is fill those spaces and block that not necessarily pathway, but but hinder yourself. So it might be that we have to, to, to manage one or two games, um, but in the long term, we're going to be we're going to be fine. So um, we've just got to sort of assess um, where we're at, which we're doing yesterday in the in the aftermath of Tuesday night, um, and see where we're at. And uh, I'm almost certain there'll be at least one coming in. Brilliant. Thank you, Aaron. Lewis Collins really enjoyed his goal on Tuesday night. Yeah. You could almost feel the relief, didn't you? He, he's become a really important part of the squad. Um, how important was it for him to get that goal? Uh, yeah, really important. He's always been an important part. You know, he's not just become. I'm sorry to Donna like, take away that question, but uh, he's always been a really important part of this squad um, from from when he came in on his loan spell last season all the way through till now. And you're right to to bring it up because it has been a bugbear of, of his and ours that he's not been able to get the because uh, he scored some really important goals for us last year. Think of Scunthorpe away, for instance. You know, though, and you know, an attacking player wants to score goals. He wants to score goals, and he's a good goal scorer, and he's and he's uh, been a really good player for us. He's got the most assists in this squad, so it is a bit frustrating that he's not been able to get that. So. 
uh, you know, everybody you could see was pleased for him. Um, no more so than himself, um, but we we're all really pleased that he was able to get that uh, that sort of you know out of his head. Um, and, and so hopefully he can focus. And he said in his, his post-match interview, which was really good, by the way, from him and um, Callum, uh, it was a really good uh, interview, that. And uh, it was good that he was able to sort of say, I can hopefully now push on and get more. So that's what we're hoping and expecting from him. And one player that we haven't mentioned among the injuries who's missed the last four games is Sean Donovan. Is, yes. Is that an injury or is he just... No, not injured. No, not injured. No. Um, there's one or two things we're managing with him as far as uh, injuries, but he's not injured. Um, yeah, we are managing um, uh, situations with him. Uh, we're managing um, injuries, but we've been doing that while he's been playing. The last couple, he's just not been selected. So, interesting. I asked him about Sean Donnell, and I'm not sure what kind of answer we got there, but uh, it was he was very obviously very diplomatic, but it looks very much as if Sean Donnell and doesn't feature in the club's plans at the moment. He's not injured. Yeah, so uh, it's, an, it's an odd one. I presumed he was injured because he's not been playing. I know there's been internet speculation, but internet speculation is as much use as, as jelly under a hammer at some points. So, um, you know, uh, it's so, one of those things. We don't know what's going on. Um, it will run, yeah, it run its course. It does sound like, I mean, he's missed the last four games. Yeah. And with the injury situation as it is, he would have he would have been on the bench on Saturday uh, on Tuesday night. On the yeah, uh, the, the the test, of course, will be whether he's around on Saturday because it looks like we're going to be so in need of players that um, if he's not around on Saturday, then there's a problem, isn't there? I got the impression from the way Aaron answered the question that he probably won't be around on Saturday. Um, but who knows what's gone on? Who knows what goes on um, in big companies and small companies and football clubs? Um, so this has to happen before, kind of, this season with, you know, <clears throat> a couple of players weren't available yeah. when they weren't injured uh, already this season. So maybe there's, there's some kind of uh, strictness going on about this or that that maybe. we don't know about. I know there's been speculation about Yeovil, but that just seems bizarre to me. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise now to see Sean um, playing somewhere different, though. Would yeah, it? yeah. After after Shane, because he, you know, he's done well for us. He's, you know, he, he hasn't been the greatest player to Talking United has ever had, but he's by, not been by far the worst either. If you know what I mean. No. Uh, he's been, you know, he's been adaptable. He's played in midfield. He's played at right back. He's, you know, played a part as a, 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 of a back three. So. You know, and he scored. He scored that wonder goal. Well, deflected wonder goal the other week. So, it, what he did, yeah. He, I mean, he, did, he knows what a goal is. Yeah. he can get a goal. But, yeah. Um, there we go. So the other uh, thing that's happened this week, the uh, the protest took place after the Tombridge Angels game. Did it? I, I didn't. I didn't notice. It was. Uh, it, it it did happen. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of people stayed behind. Uh, there was a certain amount of chanting. It did. When you say off. quite a lot of people, I don't think you were in the in Bristow's bench, guy. Well, you could probably you had a different perspective. To I did. Honest. It looked like a small pocket of fans in the pop side and about twelve people in Bristow's bench. It wasn't well attended. Well, we I, I hang around uh, and I spoke to Bob Cole, who is the joint vice chairman of the Talk United Supporters Trust. I mean, the word moves. It, Within minutes of us recording the podcast last week, the club had released a statement yeah. which indicated that there would be some kind of um, 
dialogue yeah. with the fans. You've read my you've read my column this week, guy. Have you? I have not, Richard. Okay. I have to confess. So I describe I describe the, um, the the online fan forum as a chance for the club to ask questions and then pick the answers that they want to publish. Yeah. Yeah, Which is exactly what it is. It's weak, and then um, this this supporters initiative. What's the exact title? Uh, I'm not. Sure. There's a statement just come out this morning. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. The, um, the 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 title of the the club's supporter steering group. Is that right? Yeah. The sub- yes, I believe so. Well, it's it, been tried before. Yeah, and 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 unless it's, it's it's called an independent steering group. So unless it's completely independent. Um, it's going to be as, as useless as that jelly again. Um, I, it's all so watered down, Guy, that it's... I, in my, my column basically says, and, uh, and uh, I think the more I think about it now, the more I think I'm right about this, the protest was rubbish. No one apart from some kids on the pop side and people really involved in trust, uh, trust already stayed behind. Um, just a couple of handfuls of people who talked about who talked amongst themselves while the kids chanted anything but talk to us. Um, in fact, chanted stuff that the protest wasn't supposed to be about. Um, so I don't think the protest worked. But what I do okay. think is the threat of the protest worked. That's interesting. I think you're probably right. Because the in the week running up to the protest, some concessions were yeah, made. Yeah, so um, I think the threat of the protest was a lot stronger than the protest itself. Mm. I spoke to Bob Cole during the protest, hence the music in the background of this clip that you're. I've just to quickly hear. listened to it uh, for some reason. It came from my phone on Spotify, so you've sent it by email now. But through Spotify, it was very phasey, so it sounds like um, John Leckie producing the Stone Roses in the background. <laughs> It's he used a lot of phase. He used a lot of phase on Elephant Stone. Okay. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Let's hear, I, I, I asked Bob Cole, where are we now? Uh, and this is what he said during the protest. The club have come forward with a proposal that um, the Tusk Board are looking at. Um, but on the face of it, it seems to be very promising. I mean, I think there are some minefields ahead, probably well-laid minefields, but it's too good an opportunity not to pursue. We need to work together. I mean, the supporters want this club to do well because it's our club. Um, you know, the owners want the club to do well because it's their business why not work together to try and achieve that you know rather than rather than not talk to us I mean we've got lots of good ideas and you know we, we can help and work to make this a really nice community orientated club back to the football Rich back to the football um, we've got two games to discuss two wins yep the wins two and three of this little run that we're on I did scribble down after the 2-1 win over Tombridge Angels that it was a game that won't live long in the memory. No, but I, th- I, I thought they worked hard. I, I heard some people after the game when I was walking away back towards Kerry Park Road where I park. I know I know, I only live just about another... That's actually closer to your house than the ground <laughs> is. <laughs> no excuses, I'm lazy. And it was cold. Um, but I heard some people talking about the game and... 
they they weren't impressed. But I thought we worked hard against Tunbridge. I, I, I thought it was a game that at other times we, we could well have lost. I thought we worked hard. I thought we scored two good goals. Um, I, it, it just wasn't a game. It, it, it was a game where both teams were pretty scrappy. Yeah. Torquay worked really hard. Torquay were the better of two scrappy teams. Yeah. Three points, another plus one on the goal difference. Cracking goal from Dylan De Silva. Yeah. Lovely, lovely yeah. finish. And another one for Brad Ash. It was a lovely so, build-up for that Dylan De Silva goal with um, the, the, the ball ball going down the left and Lewis Collins putting in a perfect cross for him to the back post. And then the Brad Ash yeah. goal was a nice turn and shoot from the edge of the box or just inside the box. It was nice. It absolutely was. Dylan De Silva got man of the match. Oh, um, Dylan De Silva. I, I sort of thought, well, yeah, that. I mean, yeah, he deserved that for the goal. Dean Moxie, I thought. Dean Moxie was man of the match, yeah. Dean Moxie was the Talk United Yellow Army uh, podcast official man of the match for that game. I thought there was another contender as well in the Tombridge game, and I thought that was Archie Harris. Yeah. I think he is quietly getting better and better and better. I think he's he's a proper player, yeah. Archie Harris. And I thought he had a really good game against Tombridge. He had another good game on Tuesday he night. He did, he did. But I think he's, um, you know, he's kind of a... quite strong, isn't he? A little bit. Quite yeah. strong. He is strong. He's got the um, he's the Acer Hall lookalike as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he looks yeah. Like Acer yeah. Did a couple of years ago. Acer with legs. <laughs> uh, and then Tuesday night, there's a lot to talk about on Tuesday night. Talkie three, Weymouth one. Where do you want to it start? Was a heroic, <laughs> heroic performance. As the injury started to mount up, and more and more players playing out of position, more and more players who wouldn't normally be in your first choice eleven playing absolutely above themselves, yeah. gives, but leaving nothing out there. I thought it was a magnificent performance on Tuesday night. And your uh, official Yellow Army Talking United player, Man of the Match was? Uh, well, Lewis Collins got the sponsors man of the match. Yeah. I thought Ollie Tomlinson was a giant. Oh, I thought it was Brett McGavin. Brett McGavin. Yeah, I, it's, it's close, isn't it, Brett McGavin? Yeah. He, he's scoring fantastic goals. But also, um, Guy, he, he's... He's become that player that we all hoped he would. Um, his his composure on the ball when he receives the ball um, with players around him in midfield is excellent at the moment. He will then turn or or do a trick or and, and just just find space and yeah. give himself the ability to to then make a pass that that works. Um, his pass for. Um, the Brad Ash goal uh, into the box, which then Archer, I think, shot and uh, was blocked or saved and it popped out to Ash to sweep home. I thought that was a wonderful pass. I thought he had a great game. But you're right, Ollie Tomlinson is also turning into the player that we, we hoped he might do as well. Just talking about Brett McGavin for a moment, though, okay, I did scribble down afterwards the redemption of Brett McGavin. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean... Gary said after, in his interview after the game, he said he's got through the rough times and we've kept faith in him. He's showing us what a good player he is. Rough times is an underestimate. He was the victim of a horrible social media pile-on at the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, this, we might remember this season as the season of the social media pile-ons. It's been awful at times. Yeah, but that's, uh, but that's not just us. It's not just football. It's, 
it's the world. Social media is an evil thing, guy. And if we're not careful, we'll be governed by AI social media very soon. I, I, I fear that you're right, mate. We do sound like a couple of old men. But for, for a player like Brett McGavin to have to put up with what he did... Yeah, it was rubbish. section of the support earlier in the season. Where's that support now? What are they saying now? I bet they don't even... Uh, they're like these, these celebrities who go on um, um, reality shows forgetting that they, they, they tweeted some really disgusting stuff about 10 years ago and then they're surprised when it comes up. I did. Um, I, I did hang around a little bit after the game on Tuesday, obviously to um, to applaud the players from the pop side. And I, I kind of paused because I was waiting for the uh, the chorus of, of the Gary outs, but the Gary outs were very quiet on Where Tuesday they? night. They blew themselves well, out on Saturday, I think. Yeah, but uh, they. Um, Tuesday night, three great goals again. McGavin's free kick, which was so good, superb. Um, yeah. I was just saying everybody in the ground knew it where it was going, including the Weymouth keeper, but even he couldn't stop it. It yeah. was so well. Aaron Downs was just talking about it, actually, when we were up there, and it was because the ball was coming down, he got that kind of dip yeah. on it. It was just the right distance, it. wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was. If it had been rising, the keeper would have been able to get something on it and tip it over the bar. Yeah. But because it was so well hit and it was coming down, the keeper couldn't get near it. Yeah. Good stuff. It, was, it was a great goal. Brad Ash, another good goal, as you say, in the right place at the right time. Uh, Ethan Archer was involved in that as well. I think Theo Williams might have been involved as well. They both had a go. The ball yeah. broke to Brad Ash, and it was kind of, look, lads, I'll, I'll show you how you do this. <laughs> this is how you finish. And the Lewis Collins goal, which was a great goal, that my daughter and I, sat, obviously, standing on the pop side, he was furious at the red uh, sorry at the yellow card that he'd got a yeah. couple of minutes earlier so was the um the guy from weymouth's uh whatever radio station they are um he was he was amusing afterwards uh he was i mean the, the weymouth player just basically went down like a sack of spuds um, yeah i don't think lewis collins even touched him don't uh, you the so player, so apparently he was supposed to, he was going to jail apparently <laughs> he should have gone to jail guy Really? Yeah. I think the, by that point, the referee had pretty much lost control of the game. He, he'd lost control because he was letting them kick lumps out of us at times. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the fact that two players went off injured after being having kick, having lumps kicked out of them. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, the, I mean, we're, sorry, go on and talk about what you were finishing off to talk about. And then no, we'll, no, I was just going to say with the Lewis Collins goal, he was furious. Yeah. And he was raging when he received that amazing clearance from Mark Holstead. Yeah. And he just, you, you could you could almost see the red mist around him as he closed in on goal and smashed it into the roof yeah, of the net. It was a goal. cracking goal. Yeah. Really, really good goal. But you could see from the moment <clears> he got booked, he's going to do something. He's either going to lamp somebody or he's going to score a goal. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, it was the latter. I'm going to say something controversial. <laughs> Go on. Weymouth were dirty scoundrels. <laughs> it was certainly a robust game. I just they thought that, I just I, thought when when team when teams come to play more to play like that, I just think, well, you've obviously got nothing else in in, in, in your uh, no. in your armory, have you? So you've got to play like that. Sad. They didn't offer a great deal. No. I didn't think um, Keelan O'Connell looked good for the first ten minutes and then faded out the game a bit. I thought. Yeah. Um, and there was 
Let's say Tom Lapsley and Brad Ash both injured by fouls. So, so uh, the chap who injured Tom Lapsley <clears throat> with that nasty challenge and only got a yellow when it should have been a red. Um, Tom graciously, once he got up, went and shook his hand. Um, yeah. About, I don't know how long, uh, how long Tom was on the field, but obviously he had to go off after feeling the effects of that. But the bloke shoved Ethan Archer in the face right in front of us yeah. about 10 minutes yeah. later and didn't even get a talking to. The referee completely ignored it. Ignored it. The lines were on the he saw it. That's what the kerfuffle in front of the yeah. dugouts was. Yeah. Oh, we couldn't see that from where yeah. we were. Shoved him in the face while he was on the floor. Ridiculous. So but he shouldn't have been on the pitch. It says uh, it says in the papers, Talker United 3, Weymouth 1. That's um, Exactly. That's, that's enough that's for the me. bottom line. Yeah. You say if, you, you know, if you come with that kind of game plan and you still lose 3-1, then, well, you know, that's, worked, that tells it? you yeah. a great deal. There's, there's still things to unpick from that game. Uh, Callum Thomas came on for a debut. Great to see him getting some game time. I'll tell you uh, what, I like, Gary, I, I like Gary's quote at the, uh, afterwards. He said he didn't put a foot wrong, and even the one that he, he might have put the foot wrong, it did end up going straight to a player's foot. So I thought he was composed. Um, Honestly, it was a great day before him, really. I mean, what, what a game to have to come into. Um, obviously... It's one, of those things, it's one of those things where, I mean, the fans love to see a local lad. Yeah. Um, his family is steeped in Torquay United. He gets his debut. It's in a win. He plays well. Yeah. Um, well done, yeah, son. Brilliant. Yeah. Well done. He's at yeah. 18 as well. Very 19. I think he's just 19. Is he? I think so, yeah. He's really composed. Um, what else did I scribble down? Obviously, that's three in three games for Brad Ash. Yeah. There's my phone ringing, so... Um, Are you going to ignore I'll it? I'll just leave a little pause there so I can go and grab that. It'll be interesting because I don't really want to stop recording because it means I have to do another edit. So what we'll do is we'll just wait for Guy and see... He's come back, he's come back. Right, okay, we can continue. I just filled in. Yeah. I, did, I didn't want to do another edit, Guy. <laughs> it was a telemarketer of some sort. So whatever they're selling, I'm not buying. Good. Um, yeah, I, so we were talking about Brad Ash. Also, Jack Stobbs. Yeah. Um, you could almost hear his hamstring go off with a back. Could you? It would have been close to you, wouldn't it? it honestly, yeah. I've never seen him run that fast. That's the thing. Um <laughs> When he picked up that ball and he was desperate to beat the fellow who, who was keeping up with him. And you could yeah. see him physically increase speed. Uh, you know, from where we were, it was sort of, you know, watching, it was watching the far side of a, a race, of a horse racing course, you know what I mean? And you could see him physically increase that speed. Yeah. And when he, when he pulled up, I wasn't surprised. I, I think no. he probably just pushed it far too far. Um, but they were all desperate to do well on Saturday, and that was that was more evidence of that. On Tuesday, yeah. Dad, yeah. Tuesday, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a horrible injury, a hamstring. When it goes, it yeah. takes a while to um, get it back again. If that's a pulled hamstring, he's out for a while. Yeah. But as if we, as if we couldn't love him anymore, he endeared himself even further to the pop side. Um, when 
Brett in the PA box played Shaking Stevens Merry Christmas Everyone song, which is one of the better Christmas songs, I, I venture. Uh, we all joined in over on the pop side, right. which I know was was noticed. And Jack came across as the players came out for the second half and conducted the pop side choir for a little while. Did he? So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was very festive over there for a little while. Well, it was funny. You couldn't really hear it over our side. I don't know. I'm trying to think. They, they carried on singing it, didn't they, for quite a while after it had been on. And yeah. I, yeah. And they did that last Christmas as well. It's uh, if, as if Whamageddon wasn't bad enough. Yeah, go. that was the smallest uh, smallest league crowd of the season. Was it? Was it? It's not surprising. Well, again, Weymouth. When we go to Weymouth, have we been to Weymouth? I will, can't remember. Will we take more than seventy people? We will, but I am amazed that Weymouth could only bring seventy people to Plainmore. I get that it's. A Tuesday night before Christmas, but come on, they're my new. Them, you know, you know, I hated Oldershot in in the National League. Hello, in Weymouth. Weymouth. Yeah, Weymouth. You're disgruntled, aren't you? I'm. I'm hoping we've got some listeners in Weymouth who'll pick up the baton on this one and um, chuck and it in the sea. And, and yeah, we'll have some fun. The previous smallest crowd, by the way, was one thousand seven hundred and forty-one um, when we beat Farnborough three 0 yeah. The games that people stay away from are always memorable games. Yeah, and that was a good one. Farnborough <clears throat> and obviously Tuesday night was a good one as well. Absolutely. So, just get through the games. Uh, interestingly, Talkie Fan Stats, which is a great Twitter account, if yep. you don't follow it, you should. Uh, we have equaled a record of twenty-four games without a draw. Have we? Wow. Previously, um, from October 92 until March 93, wow. we went 24 games without a draw. We are now 24 games in all competitions since drawing at Dover. Yeah, the first ever season. Yeah. Four wow. months without a draw. When you look at where Dover are on the table now, you think, how do we draw that? I know. No, no, that was, there was a, a fair bit of disgruntlement after that one, wasn't yeah, there? But yeah. we came back. But yeah, 20, if we draw, if we don't draw at Froome on Saturday, that'll be a new club record for not drawing. Wow. So, as I said in, I said in uh, my piece in the paper this week, everyone should be dub dubbing in their boots. Dubbing in, the, that's really dubbing hard to say. Well, as, because as because anyone's got a chance of playing. Aaron did joke during the press conference, have you got your boots, guys? Yeah, yeah. And he was looking at me and Ian and Alan, so if, if things have got that bad, yeah. then, um, yeah. But, I'd uh, put you yeah. ahead of Ian and Alan, to be fair. Although <laughs> Alan might not be bad, but I'm not sure about Ian. Well, I think, I think Ian and I are probably defenders. I would think, do you think Alan would be a midfielder? Yeah, he's yeah. Got, he's got that look of a midfielder, yeah, right, yeah. hasn't he, Alan? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. So Froome on Saturday, we've never played them before. No. I don't think we've ever even played them in a friendly before. I don't remember them playing them before. No. They're having a good season. They're third in Southern League Division 1 South with games in hand. Yeah, if we don't beat them, even if we're playing you and Alan and, and Ian, it's, it's, it's a travesty. They're in the same league, that means, as Biddeford, Willand, Tavistock and Exmouth, who they beat 2-1 last Saturday. Yeah. Although Exmouth are bottom. Scorers. Go on. Although Exmouth are bottom. Yeah. yeah, they're not doing very well, are they? Uh, their top scorers with four goals each this season are Warren Maidment and Roy Simpson. 
That's a proper so football then, name, isn't it? Roy Simpson. From Roy Simpson. I did yeah. think then he, he belongs on a World Cup coin, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> Roy Simpson. Uh, they play at Robin's Nest, which was named by a youth player who won a competition to change the name from Badger's Hill. Why? I, pref- I prefer Badger's Hill. Why did you change your name? I know, change the name of the ground from Badger's Hill to the Robin's Nest. And why give it to someone, give the opportunity to someone who's just going to come up with another rubbish name? <laughs> There's no pleasing you today, no. is there? <laughs> call it, call it Spider's Web, or... You could. Well, yeah, but they're called the Robins, aren't they? Oh, are they? Oh, okay, well, all right then. So Robin's Nest, it just makes me think of a 1970s sitcom with... Um, with a one, one-armed um, Irishman in it. That's it. What was he called? The fellow who was in it. I can't. Uh, it was Richard O'Sullivan, wasn't it? Richard O'Sullivan. It yeah. was indeed Richard O'Sullivan. Um, yeah. So you'll be thinking of that now on Saturday. I will be. I will says. be. I this still is, prefer um, Spider's Web or Badger's Hill. <laughs> this is their best run in the FA Trophy. They've not been this far before. Okay. There are two players that I, I could find who've played for both Torquay and Froome. One of them is one of your favourites, Adrian Foster. Hey, yeah. have played one game for Froome. Long Do you know, uh, 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 there's a bloke from Birmingham in my, my lo- new local pub, the Dog and Duck, who uh, went to school. or Did he go to school? Either, either went to school or played with Adrian Foster when he was a kid. It's, it's a small world. Yeah. Uh, also played for both Lindsay Parsons, who played for Torquay yeah. um, in the late 70s. In the late 80s, he played for Froome. Wow. Just before retiring. So cool. Lindsay Parsons has played for both teams. So we've got a little bit of previous with Froome. It's going to be a, a good game. Aaron was saying, you know, they're, they're, they're doing well in their league. This will be a massive game for them without bullying ourselves up too much. Um, it's it's a tough game on a tough pitch. They're without without a squad. And win it well, don't they? So let's... Hey? Let, doing the maths... I think the... Doing the maths, guy. Uh, there's 23 players currently in our squad. Yeah. Um, I wrote out a list of a. If, if the players that we expect to be injured are injured, I wrote out a list of 11. Now you can turn that to 10 because I included Donnellan, but then you can take it back to 11 because apparently he's not going to play. So that leaves 12 at the moment. If 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 we understand it correctly, that leaves 12 fit players for this game. It's great. And one of those will be Reese Lovett. Yes. So 11 so fit outfield players. Yeah. So they're going to have to A, get some loans in, or B, get some of the kids signed up to play for it. Yeah. They're going to have to. I think that's, that's probably the option because, yeah. as Gary always says, bring, bringing loans in, they've got to be the right players. Yeah. Because you've. He doesn't like doing panicky loans. Right. Yeah. Um, it does sound as if Tom Lapsley and Brad Ash, because they're impact injuries, because they were kicks, they might be okay to okay. play. Okay, all right. In that case, that's 13. I know. As, yeah, it's still not great. Yeah. As we know, the, the figures prove that um, we play better when Tom Lapsley starts. Exactly. And it was proved again. Yeah. I mean, I know he was only on the field for 23 minutes or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. But um, we still won when he started. I know. I know. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a good game, providing we can get a team out yeah. on Saturday. It's going to be interesting uh, to I'll see what that team sheet is when it when it comes out on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on yeah. we'll keep an eye on Twitter for the, um, the the team sheet at two o'clock. 
few other bits of any other business. Adam Randall has got to pay a fine down at Argyle. Did you see that? No, I did see that he's, it was his 100th game the other day. He's been heavily fined by, by Argyle. Well, he's not been heavily fined. Uh, he scored the winning goal in the 96th minute yeah. against Stoke uh, on Saturday. Had a huge celebration. It was his 100th game. It was his first goal at home park. Oh, was it? Yeah, and his uh, his celebration included a knee slide into the corner, for which apparently Chris Ralph, who was our groundsman and is now the Argyle groundsman, levies a hefty fine, which oh, I believe dear. may be in liquid form. Right. Coca-Cola then? Yes. Yeah, yeah there's something isotonic. All the days are coming. <laughs> but Adam Randall, apparently uh, he's quite happy to pay the fine. He's done um, so well there. Uh, Gary yeah. said... Uh, it was it was a throwaway quote. Um, I think he was talking about players that he's improved. Um, you know, he likes to talk about that because he has improved quite a few. There's quite a yeah, lot playing yeah. in the league now, and he said something about um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Randall came to us inexperienced, need in need of of, of first team experience. Didn't get into the team straight away. Had to work hard to get into the team. Um, and now if we wanted to go and get him, we'd probably have to spend £5 million. Yeah. And that's and probably that's not true. far off. It could even be more that's than that. That's true. And he's liable to get that kind of move, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It is to hang on to him as long as he yeah. can. But, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if we see him playing in the top echelons of English football for the next 10 years. The top echelons. No, echelons. good for him. More ex-goals in the news. Here's the thing, look, if um, if they don't put a Laurel and Hardy film on over Christmas and you're in need, of some, um, in need of some entertainment, have a look at the video of Notts County against Shrewsbury <coughs> in the FA Cup. Right. Uh, Ryan Bowman got a hat-trick yeah. for Shrewsbury. Yeah. They won through two, and every one of his goals was helped by Keystone Cops slash Laurel and Hardy oh, defending no. from our beloved Notts County. Including Carl Cameron. I didn't see him, actually. Whether okay. he was playing or not, I'm not sure. But in the brief highlights I watched, um, I was holding my sides with mirth at the um, the defending. So okay. do have a look at that. Just, uh, just uh, while, we're, uh, any other, while we're doing quickly any other business, I just saw a photo of Boris Johnson going into the COVID, the COVID inquiry. I'm from New Jersey. The COVID inquiry. Um, yeah. Uh, this and morning, wearing what looks like a Grimsbury Town beanie hat. It is. Is it? It is. They were talking, talking about it on the radio this morning. It right. is a Grimsby Town beanie. How? I didn't know he was a Grimsby fan. Well, I, I doubt very much is he, if he's ever been to a game of football without being invited. He's never paid for one, has he? I wouldn't think so. No. What? I would have what thought a rubbish G, thing to be wearing. GTFC was probably gin and tonic, but yeah. um, Grimsby Town. Yeah. How would you feel That's now cool. being a Grimsby... Uh, fan personally not very happy no but um, yeah, but then we'll keep uh, politics out of it guy there's some some Grimsby Town fan who is a supporter of, of Boris and, and his party must have given him the hat I assume yeah I guess so I wonder if they he thinks he, he knows it's Grimsby Town maybe he thinks it's something else maybe it's a coded message could be it's like one of those things when they walk into Downing Street with a sheaf of papers under their arm and somebody takes a picture with a zoom lens yeah. and reads all their memos yeah. and stuff. Who knows? Uh, moving on to other goals. Paul McCallum 
scored twice for Eastleigh as they beat Reading 2-1. That was the giant killing of the weekend, really. Yeah. Jamie Reid scored for Stevenage. He's scoring some goals now, isn't he? He can't stop. No. He's scoring loads of goals. Billy Bodin scored for Oxford United in a 2-0 win against Grimsby. They were all at it this weekend, weren't they? Wow. And Conor Lemon Hay Evans, of course, scored one of Wimbledon's five that uh, put Ramsgate out of the cup. Yeah. Thanks to Julian for spotting those for us. He also spotted Olaf Kazella scored again for Dorchester yeah. before their match against Beaconsfield was abandoned due to fog. It's not the only one up that way that was abandoned. I think it was Wimborne went as well. I think Dor- uh, Dorchester, Wimborne, Poole might have gone as well. That I saw some photos of uh, of the uh, the fog and. You know, the, the Twitter feed was interesting. It was like, uh, something's happened, but we can't see it. We've just heard a cheer from the other side. So I think a lot of those games went... I don't think the other games were abandoned. Sorry, I don't think the other games were abandoned. I think they were actually postponed before it started. Yeah. So that Dorset coast must have been pretty rough. I think that's only happened to me at Playmore once. I can remember watching one game, and I think it was when we were down behind the goal, when they were knocking down the old stand and building Bristow's bench. Yeah. And you literally couldn't see what was happening um, down at the Babbock Mend. You could see players moving vaguely in the distance. You couldn't see the ball. It's like when you drive up Uh, to the top of um, Holden Hill sometimes, Telegraph Hill, and you get to the top and suddenly the, the world's clouded. I know, I've got to do that in a minute. If, if I don't come back for a while, come, come looking for me. Yeah, I will do. Uh, Elliot Benyon scored again for Hanwell Town at Bracknell. Good stuff. Elliot Benyon still good. And Scott Rendell is up to 18 goals yeah, for the season. He got I mean, another I, one for AFC Tottenham. Obviously, I, I, I use the Southern League website to do the fixtures and uh, results. And uh, every time I go into that, he scored another couple of goals. It's ridiculous. He's, he's knocking them in, isn't he? And Brixham beat Downton by three goals to two. They did. Um, didn't, weren't they 3-0 weren't they up? 3-0 up. Um, and, then, and then there was, uh, I, think, I think it might have been a penalty and then, and then a late goal. Yeah, it was, it, it was done and dusted. There was, there was never any danger. They, they, they did really well. Um, uh, Going to be an interesting... Uh, they've been drawn away now in the last 32 of the competition at North Greenford United, which was relatively close to where I lived in Willesden in London. And I went to one of their games when I was working for uh, a non-league magazine and I was, I was the, uh, the um, oh, I can't remember what I called myself now. That's how much it's stuck in my Did head. Did you have one of those, you have one of those? Um, I was the reluctant, I was the, I was the reluctant groundhopper. So I used to go to games and moan about not wanting to go to games. That was my little thing. It was quite fun, actually. Okay. Um, uh, so on I this occasion, it was, it, was, it was a game that I could get to quite easily. Um, although I did go up country. But um, yeah, and it was, um, it was an interesting place. Um, there are parakeets around the ground. It's one of those places in London where a community of parakeets have have established themselves around their ground and literally all you can hear I mean it might have changed this was 12 years ago whatever, but all I could hear was parakeets just squawking away I, I drive past it whenever I go to London you go in on the A40 yeah yeah. Um, I looked it up I think there's a rugby league team plays there as well right. plays nearby right uh, and it's it's just off the perimeter of North Holt RF North yeah. Holt airfield yeah it? It's not far from Wembley so Stadium. It's easy to get to. 
It's not far from that Wembley Stadium guy where uh, at, in, at the end of the season, Torquay and Brixham are going to be playing on the same day. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I hope that North Greenford are known as the Parakeets, but I suspect they're probably not. I think the Parakeets came around a lot later than their nickname. However, uh, Tim Porter, uh, Brixham's joint manager, did point out that uh, Brixham have a, a, a mad troop of fans called the Brixham Casuals who are all based in London, yeah. and they can't wait for the game. So if, if oh, North man. Greenford think they're going to have a, a quiet day and, and, and all you hear is the parakeets from the away fans, then they've got something coming. There's no such thing as a quiet day when Brixham come to town. No, that's right. It'll be lively. So, um, yeah, the big game coming up there. That's January the 13th. So yeah, a little while yeah. to wait for that one. So... Froome on Saturday, if you're travelling up to Froome, it looks like it's a ten or a ticket and it looks like you pay on the gate, but yep. um, keep an eye on the internet for that just in case just it in becomes case. all ticket or anything like that. Quick warning, guy, there's a UPS van just about to come in. In which case, in order to preserve Hayden's <laughs> golden slumbers... Because um, the dogs will go nuts. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Sorry we've been... Um, Remote. Remote from yep. one another this week, and the sound is a little bit poor, but uh, we'll be back together again next week, hopefully with another win to talk about. I, th I think we'll, we will be back together next week. We'll be talking about our heroics as centre-backs for Talkie United at Frome. <laughs> as long as we just get the ball and give it to Alan Richardson in midfield, everything will be all right. Everything will be fine. And over to you. We'll finish... There they go. <laughs> we'll finish as we always do. Do you reckon we can we can synchronise this? Probably not, but we'll have a go. We'll finish as we always do. Come on, you oh, yay. Yeah, baba. <laughs> yeah, that was close. Uh, the dog, the, the dog, dogs are barking as well now, so they they're having their say. Time to go. Bye. Time to go. Bye. Come on, you yellows. Flying high below the Wembley Archway sky today. Come on, you yellows.